Welcome to Retirement Straight Talk with Paul and William, featuring award-winning financial advisor and former host of the Sunday Money Show, News Talk 1010, Paul Baraka and his associate advisor, William Baraka. Creating and keeping wealth does not need to be complicated. Paul and William will cut through confusing and contradictory financial advice to give you the real facts to help you invest better and enjoy a worry-free retirement. The views and opinions expressed in this video may not necessarily reflect those of IPC Securities Corporation. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Retirement Straight Talk with Paul and William. My name is Paul, and I'm on with William certified financial planner. And we're going to talk about ideas that we think make sense to help you retire better. And today's topic is investment misconceptions. We have five investment misconceptions that we hear all the time that just aren't so. And there's many things. Believe yeah. it or not, there's, there's piles of information you can get nowadays on investments, and there's piles of misinformation. When I was preparing for this episode, Paul, you're probably the same. I I had so many different ideas. We're only going to cover five today, like you said, but I could have come up with like 20 easily. Easily. Um, So maybe we'll do a part two on this sometime in the future. I think Uh, that's a good idea. But but let's get going today with the first of our, our five investment misconceptions. Okay, the first one, this is what we hear all the time. And I want everyone listening to assume you, you own your portfolio is only two different investments, investment A and investment B. And a year after you buy these, investment A is doing way better than investment B. What is your natural human emotional inclination? What is it, William? Well, you're going to buy what's done well recently. Yeah, you say, oh, what this investment B hasn't done very well. Let's get rid of it and buy more investment A. But in reality, investment A is probably a lot more expensive, probably a lot riskier, probably the exact wrong thing to buy. Matter of fact, that's what the what pension plans do. They would look at that and they have what's called a strategic weight. And if one investment goes up a lot, what do they do, Will? Well, they reduce it. They stick to their, they have, like you said, a systematic approach that they don't deviate right. from. And that's how they enhance. So they'll take some profits from investment A in our example, and put it into investment B. So in buying what does well, and by the way, we've shown every study that I've ever seen anyway, tells us that when you have an investment, say a fund or an ETF that's done really well over five years, there's a very good chance that in the ensuing five years, it'll be at the bottom of the heap. This happens time after time after time. Example number one, there's so many examples of this, but in recent years is Kathy Wood's uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, which did really, really well for a couple of years or so. It was in all those big, high-flying technology stocks. And as it went up and up and up, people got attracted to it. They said, oh, look at what it did last year. It did 80% or what? I don't, I don't remember. The it was 163% in 2020. It was the best performing investment. So it's and- a bit- in nature to look at that and say, I want that. And, you know, it's Bingo. just going to happen again in the future. So I'm just going to buy that. But then that's right. Said, that's when it was at its most expensive and it eventually had a huge drop. So most people, even though it did well for a long time or a decent amount of time, most people eventually bought into it, did not capture that performance. Yeah. Statistically, most people bought in at the top 
and then it dropped something like 70% the following year. Most people were yeah. disappointed. So. Item number two. The more, how many times have we heard this? Well, I need more information on that. I need more information on this before I can make a decision. You know, there's a study done by a psychologist and they studied, and I think it was jams. They put in a department store, they put 30 different jams out for samples in one time. And another time they put six different jams out for sampling. And what they found is that when there were 30 samples of jam to support, to, to sample, very few people actually bought anything. However, when there was only six samples, a good chunk of people actually bought. Fact is, when you have too much information and often misinformation, it creates analysis paralysis and people which, do nothing. Well, which by the way, Paul, it's the exact opposite of like, if you look at Costco, if you go to Costco, yeah. their business strategy is they'll have like two jams there. <clears throat> So it makes it, in studies, like you said, I've looked at this and it makes it much more likely for people to make a decision the less options they have. Yeah. It's also true, a lot of high-end clothing stores for women and men, they'll say, okay, they have a few selections and they'll also only have one uh, item in each size. So you think, I better buy it now because my size will be gone soon. Very interesting marketing. The other thing too, you can listen to guys like Warren Buffett in his book, Seeking Wisdom, he says that I quote, to, to the extent that we have been successful, it's because we have concentrated on identifying one foot hurdles that we could step over rather than because we acquired the ability to clear four foot hurdles. So again, step over the easy one. Yeah. Why look for the more complicated and things? This is this has just gotten harder as technology has progressed. Like if you look 50 years ago. You get the news basically twice a day. You might get a newspaper in the morning and then maybe you'd watch the, the news at night or, or whatever it might be. And now you're just constantly bombarded by information, social media, you have your phones with you, people are communicating more than ever before. So there's all these different data points that just becomes overwhelming. Yeah. Jack Welsh, the old uh, former CEO of, of General Electric, was very clear on this. He says, we can't believe how hard it is for people to be simple how much they fear being simple. They worry that if they're simple, people will think they're simple-minded, but in reality, it's the exact reverse. Tough-minded people are the most simple. Number three is that dips are always a good buying opportunity. And I've heard this a lot in recent years. If you look at internet trading boards and things like that, if stocks go down, they'll say, oh, you got to buy the dip. And well, that works if for a diversified <laughs> portfolio, assuming you have a long enough time horizon, because in the short term, as we've said, anything can happen to stock markets. But for example, if you look at the Toronto stock market, buying the dip, again, if you have a long enough time horizon, probably a good strategy for the long term. But it's a lot different for an individual stock, and it doesn't always work. It's not at all uncommon, Paul, for individual stocks yeah. Yeah. to never recover uh, for their, from their dip. If you look Ooh. at, for example, Cisco, um, which was one of the huge technology booms of the dot-com bubble um, in the late 90s, uh, it reached a high in March of 2000, and it didn't recover to its previous level again until 2019. So it took you 19 years. If you're buying the dip, it took you 19 years just to get back to that level. 
And actually, it's it's dipped since then, Paul. So it's actually still, after after 2019, it's actually below its March 2000 high again. You could add BlackBerry to that list. Yeah, so so many examples. So again, an individual stock buying the dip, not always a good idea, doesn't always recover like a diversified portfolio does. Yeah. Next thing, number four on the list of five investment misconceptions is that, hey, you know, the market's hit a new high. Not a good time to buy. Now it's going to crash. Well, that is one of the most... If you look at the numbers, it's one of the most ridiculous things that you could make as an excuse not to buy. Yeah, I got I got these numbers, Paul, from Ben Carlson at Ritholtz Wealth <laughs> Management, and he really did some great work to put this into perspective. For example, in the 2020s, at the time he did this work, there have been 102 new stock market highs. In During the decade. Yeah, in the 2010s, there were 241 new stock market highs. And he went back uh, all the way to the 1950s, compiling similar data, which just shows that just because there's a new stock market high doesn't mean we're in a bubble and it's going to crash because it's often followed by a new stock market high. Yeah, things are going up. Oh, we hit a high. The market continues up to another new high and it happens time after time after time after time. Again, according, according to Ben, again, over the last 100 years or so, one out of every 20 days the market has been open has closed at an all-time high. So it again wow. puts into perspective uh, how common new highs are. And that is a good segue into number five in terms of the five uh, investment misconceptions that we're talking about today anyway. That is, oh, how many times have I heard this way? The market's rigged. It's like a casino. It's rigged. This is a stupid place to put money. Let's look at this. If you go into a casino in Vegas, the odds at winning at Baccarat are 48.8%. At Kino, 23%. At Blackjack, 48%. At Craps, 48.6%. At Poker, 46.6%. Everything is under 50%. The casino can make a lot of money on a 2 or 3% spread. However, if you look from 1957 to 1918, that's the, the numbers I have here, the one-year rolling average is the market is up 72.8%. Three-year rolling average up 81.6%. Six-year, 85%. Those, If you had those types of odds going into a casino, you would get very wealthy very quickly. Matter of fact, the market is the exact opposite of the casino. Yeah, it's proven- I, I also, this idea also came from Ben, like, in the casino, the longer you play, the worse your odds yeah. are. You can get lucky on the first couple of hands or so, but the longer you play, the more the odds go in favor of the house. Where if you look at investing, again, it's the exact opposite. Anything can happen. Any short-term investing, it, it is kind of like gambling. It's speculating. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But the longer you spend in the market, the more of the odds become in your favor. Yeah. So that's a great point, actually, Will, great. That really shows the differentiates how that terminology, the market is like a casino, is an absolute complete fallacy. So again, let's. I think that's about it for today. Let's wrap it up. Let's do a quick review. The five investment misconceptions that we talked about today. One, first one is buy what's done well. Not necessarily a good idea. Number two, The more information you have, the better the outcome. Usually not the case. Number three, buying in the dips, 
Sometimes it can be good opportunities, but many times it's not. Number four, don't buy at a new market hike because it means that the market's going to crash. In reality, it means it's probably going to go to a new high. And number five is that the stock market is rigged like a casino. So that's it. So thank you, everyone, for listening to us today, whether you are listening to us on our YouTube channel or one of the streaming services. Our next podcast, it changed pace a little bit. We're going to talk about something we hear about a lot, how to choose an executor. And we go through our clients a lot. And a lot of them, you know, I'm not sure how to choose the right executor. We're going to spend some time talking about that and some other estate issues in the future. In the meantime, if you like what you hear, hey, we really want you to subscribe to what we're doing. Uh, rate us. Rate some rate us and only gonna rate only rate us if you like what we're talking about. And of course, feel free to pass us on and follow us on various social media. What are LinkedIn and Facebook? That's what's wrong, right, William? Uh, we're both on LinkedIn, our company's on Facebook, and, and you can follow me on Twitter as well if you'd like at Will Vereka. Okay, fantastic. Till next time, everyone. Enjoy the day. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by West End Wealth Planning, an award-winning wealth planning practice catering to small and medium-sized business owners and to those looking to create a worry-free retirement for themselves and their families. To learn more, go to westendwealth.com. Don't forget to rate this podcast and subscribe to Retirement Straight Talk with Paul and William by going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts.